0: As I record this, we are just 10 days away. You can still count it on two hands, but just two hands now, it's going to quickly get to the single digits. Probably by the time I release this, I'm recording this on Monday. I expect to release this probably tomorrow on Tuesday. It is going to be, and since there's 10 days away right now, might as well do the 10 best running backs. And we're going to go like a round by round look instead of just giving you the top 10 rankings of the guys on the screen behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Kamara, right, Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, now that the news to Damian Williams broke a couple weeks back. We're going to go about this kind of by a round by round basis and just identify players in each round for the first 10 rounds of the running back position that I think are the best available values and and pretty much just best picks at that point. I cannot wait. I've got big energy as I wait here on a Monday morning, the best day of the week. And if you don't think it's the best day of the week, you have to reevaluate what you're doing on your Monday mornings, whether it's just a routine before you go to work, whether it's work itself or whether it's the people that you're hanging out with. You just got to reevaluate it all. Big energy has to start your week off to throw you through. It's like the big tidal wave to throw you through the entire week because soon, very, very soon. I mean, next week at this time, we're going to be days Away from the NFL season kicking off, we're going to be maybe a day or that day of your fantasy draft, and maybe your fantasy draft is today of you watching this. And if it is, I'm here to help you. We're going to be looking at player profiles from my Supreme Draft Guide, something that I created this off for the past few months. It's updated every single day with the, any news and updates, the rankings for Jalen Rieger. They're up there for his in recent injury. I'm recording this on Monday, so if anything happens Monday night to, into Tuesday morning, it will be updated as well, but it won't be announced in this video because again, I'm recording it before that happens. If there's any news in camp. On on Monday afternoon or evening but if you have yet to draft for your fantasy league or you still have some fantasy leagues left be sure to check out the supreme draft guide it's just $10 right now for this last week final week leading up to the season thanks to monkey knife fight that is a logo above if you are watching right now on the youtube video if you're listening on the podcast how you doing over there hopefully you're having a fantastic day but you can check that out down below in the description if you'd like and the big one the big one for me we're about to hit 25,000 subscribers maybe by the time that you're watching this we're about 100 away so please do hit the like button for me even if we've already smashed through it hit that like button for me if you enjoy my content or if this is your first time viewing my content and you enjoy any pieces of it, big old subscribe button pops up on the screen. That one's edited in. You can tap to one in the bottom right hand corner. If you're listening on a podcast, hitting that subscribe button really does go a long way for helping me organically grow. YouTube helps a ton. Podcasts, that's like the only way you'll grow is subscribes and reviews. So if you want to do that, I do a $50 giveaway every single week for anybody who reviews the podcast gets entered into that giveaway. So thank you so much, everybody. Let's start this bad boy off with the first round. Now, obviously, if you're drafting first overall, you will probably take a McCaffrey. And I would encourage you, if you draft in second overall to take Saquon Barkley and on and on and you can get my rankings to see my top 150s the player profiles are all in that supreme draft guide all this stuff right all the player profiles we're going to be seeing the, the top 150s the rankings the tiers all that stuff but I want to talk about a fella who right now I have as my fifth overall player not just running back fifth overall running back but also fifth overall player and his name is Clyde Edwards Hilaire Look, once the Damian Williams news happened, I moved Clyde Ebert from like the mid 20s in my overall players, right? A second round pick. I felt comfortable there in the Kansas City offense, first round pick in the NFL draft, that he would get a large amount of the overall snaps. And even if it was a 50 50 split with Damian Williams, still enough touchdown equity, six to eight to potentially double digits if it is a ceiling type year for Clyde Ebert as a rookie, to warrant the second round pick midway through the second round value. Now, once Damian Williams goes out, I immediately push him to my seventh overall player on my board. And since then, since there's still some sketchy news going out there on Joe Mixon, on Dalvin Cook for their potential holdouts, even if they say I'm holding out and they don't show up for the rest of camp, I do think that they get deals done. I think Joe Mixon is more likely, and maybe by the time you're watching this, deals have already been done or they've already threatened holdout. I think Joe Mixon is more likely because he's already been on the record to say he doesn't want top dollar money, or at least that's what his agent has kind of transpired to the media as Dalvin Cook wants that top dollar money. So it's going to be easier to to work out a deal for somebody who's not as expensive, but the Cincinnati Bengals organization historically, usually look at AJ Green will not give players contracts. And I get it for AJ Green. He's an older player, but they will not give players contracts. Even if you go back to the the Carson Palmer days, and that's why he pretty much was forced into retirement. So very cheap organization, but that's maybe bump Clyde Ebertolaire up to the number five overall spot in my rankings and number five running back spot. Look, currently Clyde Ebertolaire is going 11th overall. He's as the RB eight overall in consensus rankings, according to four for four, which takes about eight different sites, ESPN, uh, best ball, tens, FFPC. So some paid spots, some not paid spots like Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, all that type of stuff. It's a consensus rank. It's a consensus ADP, the average draft position. Now, out of all the players, not just running backs, he is currently going 11th overall. I have him fifth overall. So right now I'm actually debating in my home league. I draft on the eighth, so maybe you're watching this on the eighth itself. There's a good chance you're watching it before the eighth, but I draft on the eighth and I have the fourth overall pick. So I have to choose right now between Alvin Kamara and Clyde edwards If Zeke drops to me at four, I'll happily take him there. I have him as my third overall running back in my rankings on the Supreme Draft guy. But right now I'm pretty torn between it. In mock drafts, I've gone with both styles and I like both styles. Now, if we just want to go over this and kind of why I really like the upside here for Clyde edwards there's a couple things that we can look at. First of all, we can just look at what he did when he was in college last year quickly in 2019, and you can see exactly really quickly why you start to like him. Now, as comparables, his best comparables, Ray Rice, somebody you'll know, Chase Edmonds, who is currently on the Arizona Cardinals, who did show upside last year. He was an RB1 at one point last year before getting hurt. He was the number one running back on the entire week, Chase Edmonds. In college, Clyde Edwards had a huge season last year, as did pretty much every single LSU player catching 55 balls last year. He ended up having 214 carries, so he was a workhorse back, seeing over 260 and about 270 total touches. And he went for just under 1,900 total yards, 16 touchdowns. He broke 71 tackles, which on a per rush attempt rate, was 14th in the nation Those 55 receptions. He saw in 58 targets. He saw 10.2% target share. So that's good to see, right? He was in this high powered offense with a good quarterback, a good call coach, a good offensive coordinator and a fantastic team. And he kind of translates that now all over to his first round capital in the NFL draft, right to the same exact team in the NFL, a great quarterback, a great coach, a good offense overall scheme and the best team in the league, probably at least coming off of last year's Super Bowl. I just want to let you know what the Chiefs did last year in terms of their rushing attack. And this rushing attack was led by players like LaShawn McCoy, an aging veteran around 30 years old, right? Guys like Damian Williams, who was hurt all season long. And then just players like Darrell Williams, who's still on the team and currently getting the job as the backup ahead of DeAndre Washington, at least on paper because of the way they're playing in camp. But Last year, the Chiefs offense running backs off 3.5 red zone rushing attempts per game. That's fantastic. That's about one per quarter almost. You're getting a red zone rushing attempt. That's great. They were 27th in rushing attempts per game, which is not good, but they ran so many plays that they were still running the ball over 23 times per game. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire's role for PPR formats, at least, and even half point PPRs, is going to be huge. And a lot of those points are going to come from the receiving game, anyways. Like if you're getting 14 carries out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you're okay with that if you're seeing five to six targets out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and four to five receptions a week. And this is where that comes in. Last year, the Chiefs, if you can see, I'll blow it up even more here, the Chiefs running backs averaged five. 5.6 receptions per game on 6.6 targets per game in 2019. 6.6 targets went to the running back position. Now that there's no Damian Williams, if you think Clyde Edwards-Laird, the first round pick, is on the field for 70% of the snaps, and he's seeing out of those 6.6 targets 5 of them, 5.5 of them per game if you just want to go off of the statistics, and he's catching 4 balls per game, well this is where it starts to get very, very interesting for a guy who's going to push towards a 70-plus reception season if he stays healthy. RBs in the Patrick Mahomes offense have averaged 1.7 touchdowns per game since Mahomes was the starter. Again, if you think this is going to be the case, it's hard not to project a healthy Clyde Edwards Hilaire for at least eight total touchdowns, right? Give him four to five on the ground, give him three to four in the air. But the real and the truth to it is that the median projection can actually be closer to 10 plus touchdowns, which is crazy for a running back, let alone a rookie. Their offensive line was middle of the pack last year. They had a lot of injuries and replacements were not good, but they still ranked 13th in run blocking. So I expect the offensive line to be fine. Just a quick look at the offseason additions and subtractions. So the additions, they pretty much got DeAndre Washington. He, I expect him to be the backup running back, right? They're saying it's Darrell Williams right now, but I think DeAndre Washington is a little bit more versatile. He played with Patrick Mahomes in college, right? They obviously, the guy we're talking about, they got in the draft, Clyde Richelair on offense, and then a third round offensive tackle, which should help with some of the offensive line pieces and injuries that they had last year. Outside of that, no real additions. Ricky Seals-Jones is sort of a former Arizona Cardinals tight end that people thought a lot more out of him was going to happen. And now with Travis Kelsey, obviously ahead of him, it seems like Ricky Seals-Jones will take up the backup job where Blake Bell left and went to the Cowboys. So. Clyde Burksale right now, yes, I would be taking him pretty much once Zeke and Alvin Kamara go off the board. I would be taking Clyde Burksale ahead of Dalvin Cook. You might not agree with that statement, that's fine. Ahead of Joe Mixon, ahead of Josh Jacobs, all these types of players, I like Clyde Burksale a ton right now. Now the player that I like if we head into the second round is Austin Eckler, and every single day Austin Eckler, not because of the pictures that he's posting on Instagram where he looks like an absolute tank, literally a tank, not because of that. It's because of the uncertainty of so many players around him. He's currently going off the board as the RB. 14. He's my RB 12, so I'm ahead of him on consensus, anyways. But overall players on the board, he's going off 22nd overall. So when you add in wide receivers, maybe a couple of quarterbacks, and my homes, Lamar Jackson, a couple of tight ends, he's my 15th overall player. So I'm much higher on him. I'm taking him early in the second round, while most people are taking him middle to late of the second round. And again, part of this has to do with the fact that there's now question marks around Kenyon Drake still in a walking boot. There's question marks around the lower body injury of Miles Sanders. There's question marks around Josh Jacobs as they continue to sign pass catching running backs that I don't think compete directly with Josh Jacobs, but at least they are going to compete with each other for passing down snaps and increased passing down snaps, whether it's Lynn Bowden, whether it's the veteran that's been there, Jalen Rashard, or players that they've signed in Devontae Booker from Denver or former Denver Bronco, Theo Riddick, the former Lion who hasn't been in the league, all these guys, at least one of them is going to command some of the pass catching work, if not two of them. And that's a concern for Josh Jacobs. And that slowly pushes Austin Eckler up the board. And now Austin Eckler, when there's no Melvin Gordon there, is going to profile out to at least be there's a chance a three down back they've stated and he's stated on podcasts before that he's going to just continue to be this efficient back and have a similar role as he did with Melvin Gordon there last year which means maybe rookie Joshua Kelly out of UCLA or Justin Jackson who actually just got hurt yesterday in practice we're waiting on the severity of that foot injury might not be anything but if it is something rookie Joshua Kelly looks a lot better in drafts as an average pick maybe stash him later in your drafts there's a little tidbit for you last year he ranked second among all running backs only behind Christian McCaffrey in receptions targets and receiving yards right that was with like just Philip Rivers the guy who's always going to check the ball down so now it's Tyrod. Taylor, that's a little bit of a concern I don't think he goes over 100 targets where he had 108 last year 92 receptions 993 yards right he just misses out on a thousand receiving yards he ends up having 11 total touchdowns I don't think he's going to have that much of a workload in the receiving game this year because Tyra Taylor is more mobile and just in general Phillip Rivers is up there with Drew Brees Tom Brady to an extent as quarterbacks who just love checking the ball down he was sixth in fantasy points per game at 19.3 last year and he ended up just being an extremely efficient back he was like top three in overall efficiency he was the number one efficiency back on a per touch basis and that stuff again the he's a good pass catcher so he'll be up there again but it's hard to exactly replicate that so that's why I don't have him as where he finished last year like a borderline top five running back this year because I think the efficiency drops back the loss of Philip Rivers hurts overall potential quarterback swap at some point in the year from Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert can get a little bit messy and sticky for him and I also am not profiling him out to take on a 250 touch workload on the ground right he might get to 200 touches on the ground but I don't think he's going to be that full workhorse back I still think they're going to spell him and compliment him like they did with Melvin Gordon probably to a lesser extent though with a guy Justin Jackson, if he's healthy or the rookie Joshua Kelly. So I do think Austin Eckler right now is a value in the second round, big old picture of him on the board. You can see that some of the things in the backfield competition, third round pick, like I said, Joshua Kelly out of UCLA, Justin Jackson who played 20% of the snaps last year and saw 31 touches. And then Melvin Gordon is now gone. Melvin Gordon commanded 162 carries, 42 receptions. So over 200 total touches last year, even though he held out the first month and nine touchdowns, he ends up scoring nine touchdowns missing about a month of the season due to his holdout. So you're getting about 200 touches more than that from last year, 204 touches back into this backfield. Now, I do think a lot of that gets soaked up by Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, if not 75% of it, maybe. But if that means that Austin Eckler is now going to have an extra 40 or 50 touches in on the ground, push towards a 200 carry season and still have that 70 to 80 catch upside, even if it's only 60, that's a huge season for somebody going in the second round, especially in PPR formats. Melvin Gordon. And this is a guy who's going to fall into the fifth round a lot in 10 team drafts, the fourth round a lot if you're drafting in your 12 team drafts. And I like Melvin Gordon a lot. Look, there's been some noise in camp. Oh, they're going to split it full. Of course, they're going to say that. Are they just going to go out in the media as the head coach and say, ah, you know what? Melvin Gordon, the new addition that we got is better than the guy who's rushed for a thousand yards for us in back-to-back years in Philip Lindsay. We're just going to give it to Melvin Gordon and not use Philip this year. Obviously, they're not going to say that. Obviously, Philip Lindsay is going to be involved, but he was not as good of a pass catcher as you think. Actually, last year, they used Royce Freeman even more because they actually had him being a more efficient pass catcher than Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is not good in between the tackles, or at least as good as Melvin Gordon. He's probably not as good of a pass catcher as Melvin Gordon. So yes, it's not going to be a 50-50 backfield split. You might see Melvin Gordon seeing 65% of the touches or overall snaps, and the other 30, the 35% will go between Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay. and I'm not worried about that. We talked about Melvin Gordon a little bit earlier, and he held out for a month last season, and he still ended up seeing over 900 yards. He still ended up seeing nine total touchdowns. This is a guy who's going to get active, 55 targets. Again, he had Phillip Rivers, so that's going to help compared to now having Drew Locke. It's yet to be seen if Locke is going to check down to the running back all that much. But in the 12 weeks that Melvin Gordon played last year, sixth in total touchdowns, 10th in receptions, and 11th in receiving yards, right? He was top 10 in his red zone overall carry share he was overall fourth in the nfl with 9.3 percent of his team's touches inside the five yard line i like that the one downside was first in fumbles i'm hoping and I'm, I'm expecting that not to be the case this year to any extreme extent now an important stat to at least call out is that melvin gordon last year lost efficiency because of his evaded tackles his evaded tackles in those 12 weeks was 26 in the league he was the former leader from 2016 to 2018 in broken tackles he was nowhere near that last year so that's something to at least keep in mind i'm not really threatened by philip Lindsay. i'm not really threatened by a guy in royce Freeman. i think they're both fine backs i wouldn't be Shocked if stream and gets traded to a team that needs him, maybe the Bears. But I do think that it's at least worth pointing out that Melvin Gordon is the guy that I'm targeting if he's there in the fourth round of 12 team drafts and if he's there in the fifth round of the 10 team drafts. I think he's going to be a guy who pushes towards 280, to 300 plus touches. Last year, he was on pace for well over 250 total touches, around 260 to 270 if he played the whole year. I like him this year to get that. It's rare that you find guys that actually have 300 touch upside in the fifth round of your 10 team drafts. Before we hit up the second half of this video and the rest of the players that I'm going to give you from rounds five, six, seven, eight, Nine, ten, 10. And one of those rounds, I'm not really too high on any of the running backs. We'll talk about that in a second, but I just want to let you know, there's a free discord for NFL talking and speaking and collaborating and answering questions, not just for the season long stuff, but week to week, start em and sit right? People in there will help answer your questions. I'll be in there as well, but I'll try and help as much as I can. Lots of people are in there. It's totally free. It's linked down below. Also DFS talk in there, a lot of stuff just for the NFL only just that sport. So be sure to check that out down below. And also the Supreme Draft Guide. this is what the page, the homepage looks like. It's linked down below just $10 for the rest of this week right now. Be sure to get it, it is linked down below. Appreciate y'all. Like button real quick. Subscribe button. Let's finish up this video. So the guy that I like right now, that's going in the fifth round of your 10 team drafts. Now he probably gets taken in the fourth round of your 12 team drafts a lot, but maybe not, maybe not right now is Jonathan Taylor. Currently I have Jonathan Taylor as my RB19. He's going as the RB22, but this is the big difference. He's going 53rd overall, the rookie. I have him 36th overall. Now he's had a couple of drops in camp, but everybody's had a couple of drops. They're saying that Marlon Mack definitely is the guy who's going to start the year as a starter, but I, I expected that already, but that Jonathan Taylor has wowed in camp scoring a lot of touchdowns breaking a lot of runs and just looking fantastic behind this number one offensive lineman in Quinton Nelson who's an absolute monster and beast on the left side of the offensive line now in 2019 you can see it right here I'll put up his stats in his career and at Wisconsin in 2019 2019 he had over 300 touches which he averaged every single year there having 925 total carries in his Wisconsin career he was number four last year in overall missed tackles force with 89 and he actually caught 26 balls last year alone anytime you're catching somewhere over honestly 20 balls in a college year as a running back that's fantastic he was over 25 receptions last year on 37 targets. Now there's a lot to like about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the pros right here, you can see them in green. I have them on the Supreme draft guide for all these rookies. You can see good zone runner, maybe the best zone runner in college, maybe ever that we have seen number three in yards after contact number two in carries of 15 plus yards. He's built ready for the NFL at 226 pounds. He's a three down back. Definitely. And his pass catching ability is a lot better than a lot of people lead on and lead to believe. I mean, Melvin Gordon coming out of Wisconsin got to play with Philip Rivers and he was never seen as a good pass catcher. He never had 26 receptions in a season. Melvin Gordon actually Don't think he had 26 receptions in his entire college career at Wisconsin. So Jonathan Taylor profiles out to definitely be a better pass catcher than Melvin Gordon. And we know Melvin Gordon now to be a pretty above-average pass catcher in the NFL. And Jonathan Taylor gets to play with Philip Rivers, who is known to check the ball down. So I like this. The only reason why Jonathan Taylor is not like a second-round pick or maybe even a first-round pick this year is because Marlon Mack, who is a pretty strong and good veteran, who just can't stay healthy for a full year, though, is still there on this team. I do think that Jonathan Taylor sees probably somewhere around six to eight, maybe even 10 touches right out of the gate to start the season off, while Marlon Mack is seeing about 12 to 14 to 15 touches. I think around a month into the season that switches and I'm fine paying the fifth round capital on Jonathan Taylor if that's the case. Another rookie is who I'm targeting in the sixth round and it's Cam Akers. And honestly, Cam Akers is probably not going to fall this much anymore. I think the ADP has not yet caught up. Cam Akers to me is a strong fourth round pick. Look, Daryl Henderson Jr. They're saying should be and might be ready for week one, but he might actually be limited because he pulled his hamstring about a week ago. So hamstrings usually take to get fully healed depending on the severity, especially if you're running back and cutting like a month. Him getting healthy in a week and a half, I don't expect that to happen for Daryl Henderson Jr. Well, also don't expect Malcolm Brown or Josh Kelly in this backfield behind Cam Akers to really get, be much of a threat. The second round pick Cam Akers out of Florida State, somebody that I'm very, very high on. You saw him catch 30 balls last year, so he has the pass catching ability. He was one of the best overall pass protectors for his quarterback last year as well. He's going to need to be able to do that behind a bad offensive line this year. He forced the top eight missed tackle rate with 76 last year. His 30 receptions were 9.7% of the target share on 42 total targets, and he actually ran before behind the fourth worst offensive line, was still able to pile up 14 touchdowns and over 1,100 total yards. This is somebody that I like a lot. I like the fact that, look, Todd Gurley, they used a lot in the red zone as a ball carrier. He profiles, he fits out for that build in Cam Akers. He runs aggressively. He runs in between the tackles great and on the outside. And the Rams also love using their running backs in the passing game, just i.e. Todd Gurley, and Cam Akers fits that bill as well. And since he's a rookie coming out with pass blocking ability as a pass protector out of the backfield, that's going to help his role so much. The fact now that he has just all the runway in the world, if Daryl Hutchinson Jr. is not going to play week one, the former third round pick, his backup right now, at least I expect it to be, last year was picked in the third round Henderson. Cam Akers this year was picked in the second round. I believe that Cam Akers is the better and more flashy player. Now that he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to actually establish the RB1 job if Daryl Henderson is going to be limited, banged up, or not playing. I like Cam Akers a ton as a fourth round pick. I'm fine taking Cam Akers in the fourth round, let alone the sixth round where he's probably going a lot right now, maybe even the seventh round in your 10-team leagues. Be sure to scoop him up. I'm on the RB profiles page right now because we're in the seventh round. And there's really nobody I like. A lot of running backs don't get taken in the seventh round. Now, it depends on if you're in a 12-team league. You, normally, they don't. Maybe somebody reaches on J.K. Dobbins. Maybe somebody just drafts like a James White in that round, but usually not a lot of guys on ADP are going there. So in the seventh round, I personally recommend if you're in 12 team drafts, or this will be like the eighth round in your 10 team drafts. I personally recommend, hopefully you have about three running backs ready, maybe even four running backs would be really ideal by this point. I recommend just not drafting any of these guys in this round. There's a lot better options at the wide receiver position. But now we get to the eighth round and the eighth round is where you're going to have value. I like James White a lot here. Look, James White, you can say what you want. Sonny Michelle looks to be healthy now and at least he's practicing. So who's it going to be between him and Damian Harris, whoever it's going to be, they don't have as high of a ceiling, even if Damian Harris is going to be catching some passes because James White is such a good pass catcher in this offense. Last year, he was third in running back receiving yards, six in receptions, right? Six in targets, second in yards per touch. He's just going to provide you with a lot of PPR upside as a running back. We know the backfield competition. We know all the guys that are back there with Burkhead, with Sonny Michelle, Lamar Miller, who's probably going to get cut, hasn't even been practicing right now in camp with the Patriots. Damian Harris looks to be the best running back in camp, at least three down back potential. Burkhead last year was the number one true yards per carry back in the entire league, right? They have a pretty loaded backfield. It always stay is pretty certain is the fact that James White is going to be a very strong option. Now Cam Newton checked it down a ton to Christian McCaffrey, but Cam Newton was never really accurate on short passes. We'll see if that changes this year. But I don't really worry too much. I'm not drafting James White in the fourth or fifth round. I'm not drafting him to be what he was two years ago. I'm drafting him to be what people are expecting him to be this year, which I guess is like right now he's going 89th overall. I have him 77th overall. He's my RB 30. He's going off the board as RB 32. This is a very strong RB 4 option, or if you're going zero RB, a very strong RB 2 or RB 3 option, a flex option for you. The depending on where you're going in the eighth round of your 12 team drafts, the ninth or maybe even 10th round of your 10 team drafts. I like him a good amount this year. James White is sort of a diamond in the rough in those middle to late rounds of your drafts because he provides so much upside in PPR formats. If you're playing non PPR, I would probably avoid him. Then we'll close it out quickly with these last two players in like the ninth and 10th rounds of your drafts. If you're playing in drafts that are just going to be the 12 team leagues or the 10 team leagues, they'd be into the double digit rounds. Matt Breida is another option. These guys all kind of profile out similar to James White for me, but I think Matt Breida actually has the opportunity to supplant Jordan And Howard and get more carries. I think Breida can see these four to five targets a game if he's hopefully staying healthy and then also go out there and be a very good running back when it comes to picking up double digit carries per game. He's been such a productive running back in his career. He just can't stay healthy. Last year alone, he was number 10 in true yards per carry. He was number six in breakaway runs last year, right? If you look at the year before that in 2018, he was ninth in true yards per carry. So back-to-back years being top 10 in that department, seventh in breakaway runs. He was seventh in yards per touch with six yards per touch. This is an efficient running back. He just has to stay healthy. He has not been able to stay healthy. And those injuries exactly, if you're looking, last year, he sprained his ankle. He had a pectoral strain. If you're looking in 2018's injuries, he hurt his shoulder, his ankle a couple of times, four symptoms of some games. It's just a lot of things that ended up happening for Matt Breida that really limited the amount of games he was able to play. His total games played last year were 12. His total games played in 2018 were 14. But even within those games, he's dealing with a strained and sprained shoulder, sprained and rolled ankles. It's just not great. Hopefully now he can be healthy. He's heading into Miami where they did a lot for the offensive line in the draft, but it doesn't still seem to be that great. He's headed in there to be like the RB1, RB2 punch, 1A, 1B, with Jordan Howard he's the more dynamic back especially in the passing game and probably even on the ground at this point it seems like Jordan Howard just continues to command the role with whatever offense he goes into but I do like Matt Breida to produce as long as he gets those opportunities to do so last year he was getting the opportunities to start the season but then the injuries opened the door for guys like Raheem Mostart and when Tevin Coleman came back in San Francisco Tevin Coleman he started the year seeing 15 13 16 14 17 opportunities for the first about month of the season last year Matt Breida if you're getting 15 to 16 touches out of Matt Breida even if you're getting 12 to 15 so start the year off as like a 10th round pick in drafts right now. Some drafts will go a little early. Some drafts will go a little bit later. That's a very good value, especially in PPR formats. And then the last running back we're going to talk about today for our top 10 running backs, best values for these top 10 rounds, top 10 running back picks, whatever you want to call it. Zach Moss running back out of Buffalo, who honestly looks like he might be in line for a 50-50 backfield split with Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary right now, where Zach Moss is currently going off the board 117th overall, I have him inside my top 197th overall in the Supreme Draft Guide. Get it down below, just $10 for the rest of the week, $10 rooskies to dominate your league, beat all your league mates and be the champion. What are you waiting for? Go take advantage of that offer. He's my RB37. He's going off the board as RB40 right now. Look, I like Zach Moss a lot right now. Devin Singletary is going off the board literally like five rounds earlier for what can be a similar role, if not a worse role. They're saying Zach Moss is going to be the primary red zone running back right now, taking on the Frank Gore role, except he's going to be coming in 15 years younger. So he's going to be more efficient in that role where Frank Gore was just terrible in that role last year. They're saying Zach Moss is catching passes now and catching more passes and looking better than Devin Singletary in camp in that department. So, you're going to tell me that this is now going to be your red zone running back, your third down running back potentially now, and he can also obviously command the ball on first and second down, just judging by his 235 carries in college at Utah last year for over 1,400 yards. So I'd be scared shitless if I owned Devin Singletary right now. That's why I have pretty much zero shares of Devin Singletary, at least that I can think of. I have no real shares of Devin Singletary. Maybe one or two here out of the hundreds of drafts that I've done so far, whether it's mock drafts or real money drafts so far since I would say March or April. You can see behind me just the upsides of Zach Moss that he has, but the biggest upside is the fact that he's. He's getting taken outside right now in a lot of places, the top 100 players, and he's fine. Like if you like Zach Moss and zero RB builds, which I wouldn't recommend if you're only playing in like a 10 or 12 team draft, if you're playing in a big tournament. Yeah. If you want him in these zero RB builds, that's fine. If you want Zach Moss though, as like your RB4, or RB5, and just like your first or second bench player, it's a very strong case because he could actually take over the lead back job. He's pretty much Devin Singletary, except it seems to be a bigger body back. So he's going to get more red zone opportunities than Singletary. Singletary was great last year on limited touches to an extent, but they drafted a guy in Zach Moss pretty early in the draft and they're saying all the positive things about him being heavily involved he looks like one of these rookies later on that can hit a lot of value so those are 10 running backs in the first 10 rounds i appreciate you all tuning in be sure to check out the supreme draft guide for this last week only on monkey Night fight or sponsored by monkey Night fight it is linked down below all the information that you need to know for it there's some things there's a top 25 running back rankings for free down below the discord all that stuff you can download and check it all out we're about 10 days away as i record this single digits by the time it releases away from the nfl season very excited for it thank you so much for tuning into this one like and subscribe before you go on the podcast, and YouTube channel. Appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one.